Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name's Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today in our Daily Word and Prayer as we get into the Word of God. We're going to talk about a carol today and a controversy that I'm wondering, did it need to be a controversy? But it's very interesting the more I think about it and the implications of it. Let's get right into it. We're talking about the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Do you realize that created quite a controversy? We love this carol. It's one of the most popular ones, not just only because it made it on the Charlie Brown special 50 years ago or however long ago, but also because it it just uh, shares so much beautiful truth about the incarnation, about when Christ came to earth, the Son of God became man. We'll look at it here in just a moment, but first let me tell you what the controversy is. This was written by... Charles Wesley, the song Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Now, Charles Wesley, his brother John was the founder of what became the Methodist Church, and Charles was right there by his side. John was the preacher, the theologian more. They're both theologians. Charles, he expressed the theology and expressed the teaching through music. John was the preacher. Charles was the hymn writer, the musician, and often there, when there's dynamic evangelistic uh, teams, music is so much a part of it. Now, Charles Wesley wrote a whole lot of music. Depending on what source you go with, I've seen where it says he wrote 3,000 hymns. I've seen where he wrote 6,500 hymns. I've seen where he wrote 7,000 hymns. I mean, that's quite a big difference. And probably some of it was he might have written some of them under a different name. This was not uncommon in, in uh, the history of writing hymns. Some of these people wrote so many, they wrote some of them under different names. So it didn't look like they were the only ones writing them. Um, can you imagine writing that many hymns? I mean, can you imagine even just reading your Bible 6,500 times? Not, not the whole Bible, just a portion of the Bible. If you read the Bible every single day for 365 into 6,000, what's that? Like, you know, that's quite a bit of reading the Bible. And he wrote that many hymns, my friends, that many hymns. And this one, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, the controversy was he wrote this hymn uh, and it started differently than what the way we sing it now. Let me share that with you. Let me find it here if I can. There it is. It originally read, Hark, and now reads, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It originally read, Hark How the Welkin Rings. Now, I'm glad it got changed because, to me, this sounds so much easier. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I can't imagine singing it differently. But Wesley had written it, Hark How the Welkin Rings. What's a welkin? Well, the welkin is like the, the heavens, the celestial, the place of, where the angels dwell, and what he was saying is like all of heaven was rejoicing. All of heaven was ringing with this resounding praise of God when Jesus came to earth. And someone changed the words to hark the herald angels sing. He thought it would be more singable by the people. Well, the one who changed his name was George Whitfield. Whitfield was also a very famous preacher. He would preach to crowds of thousands and thousands back before a PA system. The productivity of these fellows is amazing to me. Again, how could Charles Wesley have written thousands of hymns? He didn't have a computer, a word processor. He didn't have a autocorrect, any of those things. 
And here you've got West, uh, Whitfield preaching to crowds of thousands and thousands with no PA system, no, uh, no, no amplification. The way that some of these people were used was amazing to me in their day, the way they're used in their day with the technology they had. But anyway, he didn't like that he changed it. And you say, why, do you, why didn't he like changing it? I don't know. I don't like when people change a song I wrote. You probably wouldn't like it if you wrote a song and someone changed it. And when I, even when I have a friend who wrote a song and someone changes it or, or they take an old classic hymn and they change the way, I'm not wild about that. I, I would leave it the way, leave well enough alone. But Wesley had a deeper reason. It wasn't just that his feelings were hurt or his artistic expression was being questioned or judged. It was something deeper than that. And here's the history that we need to understand. The Wesley brothers, John and Charles Wesley, were they like I said, founder of the Methodist Church. And John Wesley was an open air preacher. He was not welcome in most of the churches. I might add, Whitfield was not welcome in a lot number of churches either. But Wesley was not welcome in many of the churches because of his the, the devotion he had, the radical message he had, the call to commitment, the standards he was raising, the beliefs he had about following Christ. And he was uh, he he went to the poor, and the churches often were kind of snobbish and for the wealthy in those days. And he he was not welcome in many of the churches. He went out to different people. He was a field preacher. Kind of like I'm a campus preacher. Now I'm I'm welcome in some churches, but uh, others not. And he was not welcome in hardly any churches. And where the people who are listening to him, and the people who are coming to Christ by the multitudes, were people often who were the laborers, people who worked in mines, people who worked in the lowly jobs. Many of them were illiterate. They were uneducated. And so they, they couldn't read the Scripture for themselves, and to learn proper theology and understanding about God and the Christian faith, the way the Methodists taught them was through the music. Now, John Wesley would preach, but Charles Wesley, why did he write all these songs? Think of it in this terms. He was writing Bible studies. He was writing, he was writing theology. He was writing truth so that the people could sing it and learn proper understanding and theology through the music. And they would memorize this theology by their singing. What a brilliant idea. What a wonderful idea. And it says in Scripture that we are to communicate to one another, we're to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, you and I have Bibles, and we should study them, and we should know what they say. But believe me, truth the, the truth could be expressed in many, many ways. And one very important way that we teach the truth is through our music. It's very important what music we listen to. Very important what music you sing. I've said on this Daily Word and Prayer before, uh, there's certain music I stopped listening to 45 years ago. Don't listen to it anymore. I realized it was defiling to me. It was polluting my soul. I gave it up. I left it when I came to Christ. And yet sometimes I find myself, I can hear it in a, in a mall or I can be stopped at a red light and someone's got an oldie station on in the car next to me and I hear a song that I've not heard in 45 years or longer. And, and as I drive off and they drive off, I just hear, heard it for 
30 seconds. And that song, I remember the entire lyric. I remember the entire song. It comes back to me like I'd been listening to it like it was years ago. Somehow it had got embedded into my soul through music. And the lyrics, I remember them all or most of them. And this is that shows us the importance of the music we listen to. The Wesley brothers understood this. And they taught theology this way. Friends, this is how we need to be teaching one another theology. We need to worship through our music, but we need to also be exhorting one another, challenging one another, edifying one another, instructing one another, helping one another understand God and the Christian life that God calls us to through our music. Let it get deep in you. It says in Psalm 51, verse 6, that God desires truth in the innermost being. And if you want to walk in the victory of Christ, you must get God's truth deep in your soul. It's not enough that you just read it. It's not enough even that you remember it. It's not enough even that you believe it. It's got to get deep. True beliefs got to get deep into your soul so that it really forms you. It guides you. It develops you. It, it controls what you think. It controls your values. All of this life deep in our soul and music what you sing about, what you connect to emotionally through music, and that that gets in your soul, and we want it to be the truth of God. This is what bothered Wesley. He said, listen, don't, don't mess with my song. I'm teaching theology through this. And believe it or not, he never once, Whitfield changed it, and he never once sang it the way Whitfield did it. The people loved it. The people took, on, took it to it. But but Wesley himself never sang it. And it led to a controversy. Did the angels sing? In Scripture, it's interesting. It says here, what? And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And Wesley made a point. He said, it doesn't say they sang. It says they said glory to God in the highest. Now, personally, I think like, come on. That's not worth arguing about. That's not worth being offended over. That's kind of small, but it wasn't small to Wesley. He said, we want to be true to the scriptures, every single word, every jot and tittle. We want to be true to it. And I, and I admire him for that allegiance to truth. Made me stop to think, are there scriptures, and I was just thinking this right before I came on this morning, are there scriptures that talk about angels singing? Now, there very well may be. It's in my mind. I just can't imagine angels not singing. It's like I picture angels singing in heaven and in, in Bethlehem there and so on. But if not, then that, and I don't know, I'm not saying they didn't, but if they didn't, let me tell you, God wants you and me to sing. It's one of the privileges of life is that we can sing and we can praise God. We are a singing religion. Christianity is a singing religion. Not every religion is. Some other religions chant, but Christianity sings. We sing joyfully. We sing with all of our heart. We sing to the Lord. This is part of our worship. This is a blessing we have. This is something not every religion of the world has. We have it. And maybe, again, I'm not saying, but I'm wondering now, did the angels sing? If you find they did, leave a scripture in the chat down below or in the discussion later. I'd like to know, and I'm going to be thinking about this myself, is this our unique privilege as children of God, as followers of Jesus Christ? Is it our unique privilege to be ones who praise God in song? And if so, 
Let's do it. Let's make this a part of our life to praise God in song. And so here we go. Hark the herald angels sing. So by the way, listen to the theology of this. Look at what they argued about here was in, in teaching this theology. Look at the rich theology in this song. Hark how the heavenly welcome rings, we'll say. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. That's deep theology right there, friends. That's deep theology. Joyful, all ye nations rise. He's talking about the great commission there, that Christ came for all people, all nations, all, all peoples. Join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host. Proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. There's some theology in there. Proclaim Christ the king is born. Next verse. This one is, is just filled with theology. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in, catch this next line, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. That isn't that rich? His, 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 His deity is veiled, but you see God here. Veiled in flesh. The Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is our is God with us. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Hail, praise the heavenly, heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man, you and me, no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Brothers and sisters, this song is rich with theology of the incarnation. What did it really mean that God took on flesh, that the Son of God came to earth as a person, rich with it, and why he did it, to reconcile us, and that we might be born again? I hope you've been born again. I hope that you have a true faith in Jesus Christ from the heart, from the soul, from your innermost being. You have a belief, a deep belief in Jesus Christ. You love him with all your heart. Amen. Shall we pray about this? Father in heaven— We thank you so much that you have sent your son, Jesus Christ, our King. We give him praise. How the heavens rang with praise. How the angels spoke of glory to God, and they call us to be worshipers of the Lord God. Jesus, I pray that from our heart, we can sing, and I pray that we would be people filled with the praise of God. I pray like we saw yesterday, we would come to you joyfully triumphantly praising you with our from our heart with our lips giving you all glory make us a joyful people make us a triumphant people make us victorious people might your truth dwell in our innermost being and might it spread through our mouths and it be expressed in our song we love you 
We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being along with us today. I'll have to check the chat later and see if anyone came up with a verse. Remember to keep looking, and if, it, if the chat's over, then leave it in the description below. But whether angels praise God in song, let's make sure you and I do. It's a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips. We sing to the Lord. It's part of our triumphant, victorious Christian living. It brings us joy. Sing a song of joy. If you're new, welcome today. I'm glad you're with us. Uh, I hope you come here every day. We do. 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We come here live and speak about the Word of God, talk about it, let it form our lives. I hope you'll subscribe to the channel, tell your friends. Make a time in your schedule to come here regularly, Don't not just haphazardly. If you make an appointment to be here, you'll be more likely to come. And then you can let the Word of God build your life day by day, bit by bit. Just imagine, if you got 1% better every day as a Christian, how different you'd be in a year from now. Thanks for being here. Tell your friends, subscribe to the channel, listen either live later in the day or on the podcast, the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. To your, you who are here every day, God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.